This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 65, The Man from Torrid. In 1952, physicist Erwin Schrodinger co-opted a term coined by psychologist William James way back in 1895. The multiverse. Formerly used to describe the range of human interpersonal interactions, Schrodinger used the term to describe a theory that had been bandied about by physicists for decades. He used it in reference to the possibility of alternate universes. According to Schrodinger, a person makes thousands of choices every day. Each of those choices has the potential to create a completely different outcome. He considered the possibility that each of these crossroads acts as a splitting point for the universe, each decision becoming a new branch in the beginning of an entirely separate space-time. When we consider the number of living creatures on our planet alone, this would obviously lead to the existence of innumerable alternate universes. Theories regarding the space between these universes have been put forward. But the truth is that the distance is inconsequential. Whether that distance could be measured in micrometers or gigameters, the theorists maintain that interaction between these realities is an impossibility. This may very well be true. But we must keep in mind that the concept is still hypothetical, and there are few things more difficult than impressing a set of rules and limitations on a concept that exists solely in the mind. The fact that our shared history includes a not insignificant number of detailed accounts describing people who claim to have ventured into these strange planes, or claim to be visitors from them. One of the most convincing and bizarre of these accounts has come to be known as the Man from Torrid. This is his story. It was a blisteringly hot afternoon in July of 1954. A seemingly unremarkable passenger airliner arrives at Haneda Airport, Tokyo, Japan. The plane's passengers, mostly Japanese citizens returning from summer vacations, disembarked and began to file into the luggage claim area. Among those native to this place were several European and American businessmen. After claiming their luggage, it was a rush through to customs standard fare for airport employees, just another of dozens of incoming flights that would be monitored and processed that day. That is, until one passenger proved to be the exception to the otherwise routine afternoon. 
A thin and impeccably dressed European man, bearded, carried his luggage and a brown leather briefcase as he approached the desk near the front of customs. While French was his first language, he spoke several, including Japanese. He calmly explained that he was only visiting Tokyo briefly for a rather rushed business meeting. This all seemed normal enough. His dress and demeanor made it obvious that he was no tourist, and they proceeded as normal. But things took a peculiar turn when he produced his passport for inspection. The document appeared official enough. It was obviously well kept and, based on the crowd of travel stamps from a number of nations including Japan, the man was quite well traveled. What left the veteran airport officials as confounded as they could imagine was his country of origin. There it was, in bold letters across the top of the document, Torrid. They had no reason to doubt the validity of the document or the intentions of the traveler, but after calling over as many officials as seemed reasonable, they could not find anyone who recognized the name of the country. Finally, they determined that the best course of action would be to pull the gentleman aside and take the time to get to the bottom of this. He was escorted to a small interview room near the terminal and soon found himself across the table from the airport security chief. When asked, he had no difficulty or reservations about producing multiple forms of identification. These documents allowed them to confirm that he was in fact a citizen of a country named Torrid. When pressed further, he showed the confused coordinators a modest stack of currency issued by his country of origin. The officials agreed that the banknotes appeared to be genuine, although entirely foreign to them. Desperate to understand the situation that faced them, they spread out a world map on the table in front of the man and asked him to locate his homeland. Smugly, he agreed and slid his heavy metal chair up to the heavier metal table. It only took a moment for the man to be infected with the looks of confusion and bewilderment that had lived on the faces of airport staff all afternoon. Pointing to the border area between Spain and France, near the modern-day principality of Andorra, he claimed that this is where his country should have been. Exasperated, he explained that the kingdom of Torrid had been around for nearly a thousand years, There was no reason that he could conceive that the nation would be missing from this map. Frustrated by the skepticism of the staff, he claimed that he had traveled to Japan and arrived at this airport four times previously that year. He'd been making these trips on a near-monthly basis for more than three years, and this was the first time he had ever encountered an issue. This was easily enough confirmed with a simple inspection of the travel stamps that adorned his beyond-foreign passport. Having reached a hopefully temporary impasse, the security chief withdrew from the interview room determined to solve this mystery. He contacted the company that the man claimed to be visiting. They had never heard of him. He attempted to reach out to the company that the man claimed to represent. It did not exist. He called the hotel where the man supposedly held a reservation for a two-night stay. No such reservation existed on their books. When these details were revealed to the wayward traveler, he snapped back angrily. 
The only possibility that made any sense was that this was all some cruel practical joke. He didn't know why such a joke would be played on him by perfect strangers, but it was the only way he could reconcile the situation with the reality that he knew. In an effort to bypass those he had been dealing with, the man demanded to speak with government officials. In his mind, if anyone could clear this up, it was them. Unfortunately, his situation did not warrant the urgency that he imagined it would, and he would be in for a long wait. Unable and disinterested in keeping the man in a small room for a long period of time, the airline offered to put him up in one of their nicest suites on the top floor of the airport hotel. While not officially detained, his room was guarded by a pair of immigration officers who were strictly instructed to keep him there. Soon after arriving in the room, he was served a meal, and according to his overseers, he laid down to take a nap in the early evening. When government representatives finally arrived late that night, their knocks on the door to his suite went unanswered. They entered the room only to find nothing. No one. The man who supposedly arrived from Torrid had vanished, along with all of his personal effects. Obviously distraught by the now-missing mystery man, officials pressed the immigration officers for an explanation. They confirmed that the door to the room had never been left unsupervised, and both agreed that no commotion or disturbance had been heard from the room, and that no one had been in or out aside from room service. The only unguarded exit was a small window on the western wall. A quick inspection found the window locked from the inside. No outer ledge was present, and the eight-story drop convinced them that it was not a viable exit point. The authorities were perplexed. Security cameras were thoroughly reviewed. Hotel guests were questioned multiple times. No one had witnessed his departure, and he was never seen again. Airport officials were forced to file the information that they had and move on with scores of unanswered questions. And that is what we're left with today. Questions. The type of questions that can never be answered. So who was this man from Torrid? Where did he go? The primary theory among Fortean pundits is that this man of mystery was a visitor from another dimension. A dimension where Torridesian people enjoy a rich history and established geopolitical recognition. If this is the case, we can imagine that at some point during his monthly flight from Torrid to Japan, he made the scientifically inconceivable jump from one universe to another while remaining oblivious. Unfortunately for him, he found himself in a version of reality where his homeland did not exist. Based on this assumption, we could go on to assume that at some point during the evening, he simply shifted back into his own reality, leaving no trace of himself behind. Maybe he awoke in the hotel he had originally planned on staying in, only to regard this experience here as nothing more than an unsettling dream. Maybe he passed this bizarre experience down to his children and grandchildren, Maybe, just maybe, an account from his perspective is being discussed on an indie podcast about weird stories in his own reality. Campfire, stories of the bizarre and unnerving. 
because there is no way to confirm this theory, it remains just that. But the matter of the fact is that we have no shortage of these strange, ostensibly interdimensional stories. Maybe this is just one more in a pile of tales that point us toward the true nature of our reality. But for a small handful of Japanese customs officials, it's very hard to imagine a case more uncanny than the man from Torrid. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. All right. Coming in hot. (laughs) You know I aim to please, so. That's all right. I was actually really excited about this episode. Um, I find myself, uh, you know, going down rabbit holes all the time, especially when it comes to alternate and parallel dimensions and you know other worlds and things like that and there is a vast amount of good and great information on youtube (laughs) 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 i get stuck in these rabbit holes and i've heard this story numerous times but you told it exceptionally well thank you thank you it's um it's a pretty popular one i think because it's it's just so it's so wild. And also, it's one of yeah, and it's one and of the unnerving. few that yeah, it's bizarre and unnerving. <laughs> um, no, but it's one of the few that I've heard that are that's sort of surrounded by official characters. Yeah, you know what true. I mean. Like it happened. Mm. It happened in under the monitoring of some so, some form of official. Usually, they're like firsthand accounts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's even had, like, security guys firmly planted in front of the hotel yeah. doors and... Right. Yeah. And, um... There... I mean, there are definitely some questions about the validity of this story. I won't pretend there aren't. Yeah. I, of um, course. Just with anything like this. Yeah. But people love it for a reason, right? Whether it's... Whether it's real or not, it's a thinker. Which I, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. It makes you really consider the the possibility. This guy could have also just had new, or maybe he did it himself. Maybe uh, you know, maybe he's great, like great with fake passports. Sure. And then decided just to mess with people, so you know they yeah. would just create this passport that looked extremely legitimate, <laughs> just to piss people <laughs> off and try to you know see what happened right yeah that's possible. i mean he might he might have had like a a legit french passport in his back pocket the whole time yeah <laughs> like he's like oh. no this is, this is god damn it <laughs> <laughs> um, um but this yeah it's god you threw me off so <laughs> I knew that French that we took in high school was going to plague me for life. Uh, Anyhow. Anyhow. Yeah. So I did some digging on the story. And the very first mention of of it wasn't until 1981. Okay. It's always weird. uh, You know, stories like that, that, that... randomly surface 
yeah. later in time and then refer back to like this is what 54 that this yeah. took place yeah yeah it's a little sus yeah it instantly calls it into question completely right because there are no like japanese newspapers from the time period that talk about it there's you know there's nothing no one's writing about it in at the time that it's happening or so. could have been the government trying to keep it under lock sure you know, See, that's like, that's another thing I considered is yeah. maybe they just didn't report it. They kept it in-house to avoid embarrassment or, like, greater scrutiny, you know? Of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could definitely explain it. And then no one really, like, leaked it out to anyone for, for quite a while, right? But it first shows up in a 1981 book by Paul Big called The Directory of Possibilities. Which is a super cool book title. Yeah. I dig I, it. I like it. I like it. The book um, is just kind of a compendium of weird shit. Possibilities. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the only mention of it is a single sentence. It says, In 1954, a passport check in Japan is alleged to have produced a man with papers issued by the nation of Torrid. That's all it says about it. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, don't be cryptid or See, anything or cryptic. Oh man. Oh. Um, but that's that's one of the weirdest things is that it kind of, without warning, goes from this one sentence explanation because he doesn't talk about in the book. He doesn't source where the information comes from. He doesn't. Hmm. There's. It's just this sentence sitting there. Okay. And then no one writes about it again that I could find until 2012. And huh. then, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's a pretty lengthy. Yeah. You know, that's another 30 year yeah. gap. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2012, the story has out of nowhere become this full length narrative. Um, and it's in an article written by Terrence Aim on the website before it's news. And I actually had to use the Wayback Machine to find the page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, so the article has, like, a the way longer version. It's the details we're all used to hearing now when, when people talk about it. But right. the problem is I there's no indication of where these details came from. See, you know, that's, it just that's really that's really odd. And it could have been that somebody like that that author that originally had it in that book of possibilities yeah. or whatever, um, that he wrote this being a thing and decided not to elaborate or anything. And then thirty years later somebody happens to stumble upon that and then creates like some almost like n- narrative out of it basically, like you yeah. know, in a sense. Just uses the sentence as a writing prompt. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that could definitely be the case. Um, it's weird. Huh. It's yeah, weird because there's weird. there's kind of no chain of custody for the for the story, right? Like, like yeah, I wish that I wish that there was, you know, that because uh, th- again, this has been talked about a ton, you know, especially yeah. now, like this is a very popular story yeah but the fact that like 
there seems to be no real origin yep. outside of just mentioned in a random book of possibilities and then you know like yep. touched upon later like yeah it seems seems kind of out of the ordinary but also seems like it might be more more fictional than than not yeah unfortunately yeah. see what it reminded me of immediately when i realized that this was the case and i might be wrong i mean if anyone listening has like an earlier source that i wasn't able to find please let me know cuz I spent like, you know, a week and a half digging every night, and that's this is all I could. This is these are the conclusions I reached. Right. Yeah. What it what it reminded me of was Polybius. See, that was my my first initial thought too. I was gonna I was gonna say something about that too, because yeah, like yeah. the whole Polybius story like randomly showed up in uh, like a gaming magazine. Yeah, referencing some story from the eighties, right? And you yeah. know, like there was no, it was, it was like talking about all these like weird, um, you know, like random games that came out like years before that, and then it just list that game in the eighties and with no information, no backstory other yeah. than the publisher. Yep, which turned out also to be fictional. Right. Exactly. Right? The publisher. Yeah. yeah. So. That's the thing is I love this story whether it's fiction or or not. See, yeah, but knowing that like I almost it, it's 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 upsetting. You yeah. know, because I do like the idea of this and I love I love the idea of, you know, parallel dimensions, other other dimensions, multiple worlds, whatever, like however you want to refer to it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I love the I love this whole like rift slip and time slips and stuff like that that seems to you know seems to happen a lot with this oh yeah they're super fun and it's i want this one to be one of those because (laughs) that would be i mean that's it's such a unique story and having like all the information like this passport you know like that he's able to provide that shows like his home country and whatever else Mm -hmm. like just really cool you know that's what that's what i want i want that to continue to be a thing I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to think about it just being <laughs> this like nonsense thing that was just. Which I I also find it weird that that person would even say something about it, and they were just unless they were just like, "Huh, what can I say that would be a strange possibility?" Ah, there we go. And then he just yeah. really had no idea where he was going with it, so he stopped after the one sentence. I mean, a lot of the entries in the book are like that. They're just like. Um it's almost like someone journaling odd things they've heard about, right? It's like short write-ups on these just weird ideas. Okay. Um, so it isn't like out of ordinary in the book for a, for it to only be a sentence. Gotcha. But, okay. Yeah. So it definitely could have just been like the author being like, how strange would it be for a guy to just show up at the airport and you know what I mean? Cause this, this idea isn't so far fetched that someone couldn't come up with it. Right. You know course. what I mean? Yeah. Huh, so yeah, it yeah. could be a complete work of fiction. You're right. You're right. It's just, yeah, that's a, it's a bummer, but I mean, just with it as with anything, you know, it, that's, that, that doesn't really change. Like, how cool the process and the idea and everything is as well. 
And plus, yeah. maybe at the end of the day, this guy came across something at some point and wasn't able to reproduce like where he found it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you can't completely rule that out. We don't exactly. know him. We don't yeah. know what he what he experienced. And honestly, he could have had like a full, you know, five-page journal entry on it and decided to make it mysterious in the book. And he could have like passed that journal down to a son and then the guy who writes the article is a college roommate with a son and sees the journal and reads it and you know what I mean like not all sources are published right yeah that's true that's true so okay. yeah cool it's um I wouldn't I don't I don't want to rule it out completely but on its face I I understand why people are skeptical of this one yeah yeah, no, I, sure. I mean, I, I get it. I get it for sure. Um, but I, yeah, I still like the story. I think it's, it's very unique. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, I think I have a couple other stories. Okay, cool. Similar, similar stories. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was actually just in preparation, uh, pulled up a, a couple, you know, a couple just quick, quick little things as well. Yeah. Excellent. So, 1972. 1972. Four female college students were found having crashed their car into a creek bed in eastern Nevada. They described the situation leading up to the crash to the policemen that responded. They said they were driving along like normal when suddenly the car was speeding through an otherworldly landscape. So they just crossed over. After nearly 15 minutes of marveling at what they were seeing, they drew the attention of, quote, humanoid beings driving egg-shaped vehicles. Yeah, they were basically on, uh, it was like a... Like little pod tricycle. cars. Yeah, yeah. With an egg on a tricycle is what it was, basically. They made chase and ultimately ran the, w- the women off the road. And the moment their car crashed to a halt, they were back in the Nevada countryside that they all recognized. I love that one. That was actually one of the ones I I had to kind of talk about, too. Yeah, that's awesome. So (laughs) the state troopers report on this actually details the fact that the car crashed in the creek bed nearly two miles from the nearest highway. But the vehicle's tire tracks begin like 900 feet from the creek bed. That's crazy. So, yeah. So there's this yeah. gap, and it's like the car just all of a sudden appeared 900 miles or 900 feet from the creek bed, right? Which I mean, and then crash into it. Yeah, you can't you can't really explain that. Yeah, how I mean that's a that's a significant distance. Yeah, with no tire tracks. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I, I really I really like that one too, uh, just because it's it's funny. And depending on uh, where you're reading it, some people explain it like they ran to this, you know, they like go to this gas station and all of a sudden, like these guys are, they're running out with their arms flailing about everywhere and they're like very (laughs) otherworldly and like they're yelling at them in like this random uh, language that they had never heard of. And so they like book it and they get on their tricycles and (laughs) start chasing after them. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) They run into this other dimensional biker gang. <laughs> right. 
That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, this story originally came from a call on Coast to Coast AM, like back in the 90s. It's like an old Art Bell episode. And I tried so hard to find it. And I can't, I couldn't find the episode. That would be cool. Yeah. To actually listen to, because one of the girls calls in and talks to him about it. Um, I would, yeah, yeah, I would like to hear that one then. It would be cool sure. to at least actually, because, yeah, I mean, I've, I've just read a, read it a, a couple of times and yeah, it's told multiple different ways. So be nice yeah. to actually hear the actual account of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the second one is from 2008. All right. So there's this woman, Lorena Garcia, which, I mean, you've been down the rabbit hole on these types of stories a lot, so I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if you've already heard it, but um, Lorena Garcia woke up in 2008 and found that there were a bunch of changes to her bedroom, right? Yep. Um, <clears throat> Different bed sheets, furniture was rearranged. She was wearing different pajamas than she remembered. Ready to say that, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then it got even weirder. She goes to work and she doesn't recognize any of her coworkers. Um, the department where she had worked for twenty years was in a different location inside the building than she remembered it being. She had been a regional manager with her company for 15 years, and when she arrived, she found that her nameplate listed her as a sectional manager, which was a title she wasn't had never even heard of. Um, then after work, she goes home and finds that her live-in partner was a boyfriend that she remembered breaking up with nearly five years before. Yeah. Um, now, the craziest thing about this story is that she claims that she's been stuck in this reality... A reality she doesn't belong in ever since. Hmm. Like to this day. You know, yeah, I I don't know how to really combat like combat that or you know like because I I remember watching uh there there's this movie it's actually phenomenal uh that goes and then like this group of like scientists they're trying to prove that alternate like parallel dimensions are an actual thing and they end up like creating this rift. And then, um, people from the other dimension end up coming, coming through because they're like, they found out what's happening. And so they're like taking over the lives of these people and then killing them off. Like, you know, um, so yeah, I could see, I mean, I could definitely see the possibility of getting stuck and yeah, you know, in another time or in another place rather, but it is, it is weird that she just randomly wakes up, you know, wakes up to this like it's not like she went through anything she experienced at least to my knowledge like didn't experience any like trauma or anything that like could even possibly you know open up like a um you know being like sensitive to like something like that to be able to happen or whatever else it was just very random right yeah just kind of out of nowhere um now my skeptical brain on this immediately thinks this sounds like the dissociation that comes along with a psychotic break. Yeah. Maybe like early really onset does. dementia or something as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how old she was when this happened, but she'd been working as a manager for like 20 years. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a stretch. 
yeah. for something like that to be a possibility. I mean, when you hear people talk about dissociative episodes, it sounds sort of like this. Yeah. Like where they're standing they're standing in the mirror and they're like, That's not me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean true. Like it's which is terrifying. Yeah, I that that's man. a thing that can happen to people. I know. Like I always think of the I you know, I always hope that I don't run into Break. something like that. Right. Yeah. Because I mean yeah. it's it's a very real, like very you know, actual thing that does happen and it can happen on like just the drop of a dime, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I I have a friend who has dealt with that with dissociative episodes and like she describes like this feeling like she's outside her body looking at herself and she doesn't recognize herself. Like that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, that is. That's so scary. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine that. That's like imagine people are dealing with stuff like that and then they have to like worry about getting to work on time. I was going to say then they're worrying about their also day-to-day things yeah. as well. So, yeah. Having these full-blown existential crises in the morning and then having to remember to like pick up milk on the way home. Right. Like my remember god, to, you know, pick your kid up from school or yeah. whatever else. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a lot to put on a on a single person. Yes. It definitely is. Yeah. But that's kind of how this story feels to me. Yeah. Is I, like, I get that for sure. This woman definitely could have lost it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she could honestly believe that she's in the wrong reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? That doesn't necessarily mean that's the case physically, but to her, what's the difference? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it could be. That could be what she's experiencing, but at the same time, like, it's all, you know, it's all real for her. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have some stories or did I steal both of them? Um, no, I mean, I, I have a couple others that I can, I can quickly go over. Um, yeah, I want to hear some. Yeah. I mean, they're just kind of short and sweet. Uh, yeah. so. All right. Uh, I know I'm going to butcher the name of this. Uh, so there's a cabin and Mark Markoasi Markoasi Stone Forest. All right. Okay. Uh, so the story goes: One day, a woman and her friends were camping at a site near this mysterious forest when they heard music coming from a small stone cabin that was lit up by torches. They claimed to see people wearing 17th century fashion dancing inside, and this particular woman was so drawn to it that she ran over and immediately tried to walk inside. Before she could get fully inside, a friend pulled her away, and half of her body immediately became paralyzed. It was the half that had entered the the cabin. Yeah. So some believe that the woman partially entered a dimensional gateway, and when she was pulled out, she experienced a shift that threw threw off her nervous system, resulting in a partial paralyzation. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, just kind of, like I said, short and sweet. Um, yeah. You know, but also really, really strange. The, like, time slip element to that is fascinating. Right. That, like, I don't know, those are my favorite 
those time slip stories. Oh, I, I love that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I interviewed um, Christina from the Crescent Hair, she did one of our fireside chats and she talked about an experience that she had with men in black. And um, there's a time slip element to her story where, you know, she goes into this, this store She's out shopping. She goes into the store and it's super busy. The parking lot is like packed. She goes into the store. It's filled with people. When she leaves the store, the store is still filled with people. But when she walks out the door, the parking lot is completely empty. Except for her car and this other car at the end of the parking lot. Yeah. Which is where she sees these, you know, what are ostensibly men in black. Men in black, right. Yeah, and like she, so this the drive home, she stays in this like what she believes is a or what we concluded after discussing it was a time slip. She stays in this for like a ten minute drive home. Oh wow! There are almost no cars on the road, yeah. and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon in a major American city. No cars on the road. And yeah, it's that's bizarre. Yeah, I mean that that sort of thing would be terrifying. Yeah, because not only is this you know you're I guess you're caught off guard by by what's happening, but like also just the I guess that feeling of being so alone and like yeah, no one or anything nearby to even you know seek out is like you know for safety or whatever yeah there's um, like a helplessness exactly right? yeah you yeah. feel like you're completely helpless yeah isolated mm-hmm. that's yeah so maybe like a man in, a man in black fucking pulled her into a pocket dimension to <laughs> yeah. mess with her for 15 hey, minutes that's that's possible right <sighs> um let's see so i have another i have another one uh yeah so uh basically just about this guy uh, so this random guy pops up in this village um, where he was basically picked up and questioned by authorities. The only comprehensible language he spoke was a broken variation of German. But he, sa- he said his name was Jafar Varen. We'll just call it like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. He claimed to also come from a part of the world known as Sacria. He conveyed that he was searching for his long-lost brother, whom he had been separated from during a shipwreck. While he had uh, had geographical information regarding his home planet, such as five compartments known as Sacria, Aflar, Aslar, Oslar, and Uplar, he couldn't trace his route on shore. And he would end up living in Berlin, where he was a topic of discussion amongst the scientific and simply curious communities but so this i mean so i guess i don't know like if this is like alternate dimension ish um you know because he also kind of claims to come from a planet that has like these areas but like yeah so but from my understanding it's more of like a similar to germany area yeah so who knows what was his country called Sacria. Sacria. Yeah. I wonder if they were allies with Torrid. <laughs> they might have been. Um, 
All right, Dude, I have yeah. Go. I have one more, yeah. one more to yeah. quickly quickly go over. So, yeah, in 1986, here. there was a man named Pedro Olivia Ramirez. Um, he was driving from Seville to a town called Alcala de Guadarraria. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, all right. So when he went around a curve and allegedly found himself on a six-lane highway, he continued driving down the straight road, seeing unfamiliar things like 20-story housing units, unidentified structures, and grass about two feet high along the edge of the road. Shortly thereafter, he felt a hot sensation within his vehicle and heard distant voices one of which stood out informing him he had been transferred to another country and another in a different hemisphere. He continued driving on the highway for an hour, then stopped to examine the unfamiliar roadside area. After getting back in his car and continuing to his drive, he spotted a sign pointing in three different directions. One was labeled Malaga, the other was Sevilla, and the last was Alcabala. Pedro took the Sevilla Sevilla detour. Without fully knowing why, he stopped driving. When he looked to his left, he was standing outside of his home in Alcala de Guadalajara. Frustrated and confused, he tried to retrace his steps, but he could never find those crossroads again. That's weird. Yeah. See, like, the... This one's interesting because it kind of goes into detail about the the sensations he felt right during yeah. what you know what is could be considered the transition mm-hmm. right but like yeah. heat either that or and just he hears that, a voice that kind of weird confusion where you like you get a little hot and you know like yeah whatever. yeah so you know that's that's a thing too but yeah that one's pretty cool these I mean, these stories are... The internet is filled with these stories. Which, to me, that says something. Like, obviously, we cover a lot of things that are... You know, they're questionable. Of course. Yeah. That's that's what we do here. But, like, the ones that are just become ubiquitous, just everyone is talking about them, the stories are everywhere. There has to be something to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it's such a for it being such a um, you know such a common topic or such a widely talked about topic. Uh, you know that a lot of these stories surface. Um, you know, and people claim uh, to to see these things or end up in these places and not have any recollection of you know where they're at or how they got there or whatever else. Um, yeah, I mean they're everywhere. So for that to be such yeah. a common thing and you know like so widespread, like. It almost it makes it like very difficult to argue with the possibility, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like over the last few years, the version of this, or maybe not version, but the the concept related to this that's become the most talked about is the Mandela effect, right? This. Which relies on the idea that there are multiple dimensions, multiple timelines, you know, going back to Schrodinger's point of, you know, every decision causing a new, a new branch of reality, right? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the Mandela effect probably deserves a discussion all its own. But yeah, I'm just, I'll just read like a, a brief paragraph on the okay. Mandela effect yeah. for anyone yeah, who's for anyone who's unfamiliar. So, false memories can sometimes be shared by multiple people. This phenomenon was dubbed the Mandela effect by paranormal researcher Fiona Broom, who reported having vivid and detailed memories of news coverage of South African anti-apartheid leader Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s. Mandela actually died in 2013 after serving as president of South Africa from 94 to 99. Broom reported that since 2010, quote, perhaps thousands of other people had written online about having the same memory of Mandela's death, and she speculated that the phenomenon could be evidence of parallel realities. Yeah, and this is and this is something I know I know that we've talked about uh, a few yeah. times, and it, and it's also something you'll see. You, I know that almost every every person has seen like something like an article comes up like so and so has passed away. And then, yep. like that, like slowly fades out, and then it was never yep. actually a thing, um, yeah. you know. And then, till like years later, and then it's like, oh, this happens, and it's like, oh, well, I thought that happened a long time ago, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a very, very common thing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. It's um, one of them for me was um, one of the ones that that really like hit home for me was Curious George. This is one that's like cited over and over again. And he's like, you know, cause like, you know, all the like Buzzfeed type places have these like listicles of, of, um, Mandela effect. Right. Yeah. Of course. Right. Mm -hmm. But the one that, that always, cause I was a huge Curious George kid. I was like, I had like a ton of the books. I read them all the time when I was little. Of course you did. And I have very specific memories of pages of Curious George hanging from the tree by his tail. But he never had a tail. He never had a tail. That doesn't, that doesn't compute for me. (laughs) Like (laughs) a lot of these, I'm like, yeah, it could have been either. There are ones like, like um, there are ones that are obviously affected by pop culture, you know, by like oh, yeah, parodies, sure. parodies that happen later that change things, and then people remember the parody more than the original. So like could the, it have been like maybe he was originally drawn with the tail, and then after that, like they stopped drawing him with the tail. So I mean, they claim that he was never. Clothes? They claim that he was never published with a tail. Huh. So, I That's don't know. Fair. It's odd. Say, I, didn't, it, I didn't think he had a had a tail, but you know, yeah, it makes that one makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it is it is a thing. I mean, of course, like the way that people will often like remember things from childhood or something like that. I, yeah. I think that's probably one of the most common, like you're talking about. You know, you yeah. remember things a certain way, but that was never actually the case. But growing up, you've made yourself think that, and it's like it's been shared over the years or you've kept that in your mind over the years that yep yeah it's impossible to think otherwise you know at at some point right yeah also a lot of them are a lot of them are just people misspeaking over and over again you know like 
One of the often cited ones is the TV show Sex and the City. Because a lot of people think that it was sex in the city. Huh? But it's sex <laughs> and the city. <laughs> and it's sex like people are people are just saying it wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. But like, um, the the one the the um, monopoly the monopoly man yeah not having a monocle yeah he never had a monocle yeah which which is it's actually silly because like there's uh oh gosh uh ace ventura yeah uh, when nature calls uh that was and he's like got the the monocle and he's like i'm the monopoly guy like yeah I see. Yeah. I think that is the reason why people remember him with a monocle. Probably, yeah. Is because of that scene. That's, that's the point I was just about to make. That's fair. Yep. Yeah. Same with like the Luke, I am your father from Star Wars. That's been parodied so many times by people like talking into yeah. fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I think it's probably just been parodied incorrectly so many times that. But some of them are weird. The like Berenstein Bears versus Berenstain Bears. Yeah, that's true. It's like ones that don't even make sense. Yeah, that, I think that's probably one of the more common ones that I that I see. Yeah. Like that that uh, gets talked about a lot or thrown around a lot is the Berenstain Bears ones. Yeah, it's yeah. But there are a bunch of them. And it's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's it's one of those. It's just another thing that you can add onto the pile with all these stories that that just makes me think that there really are we I mean we really might be surrounded by alternate realities. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I hope. Just I, I definitely hope. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I I always think about fringe and like just that I that's what I want. I want that like this parallel universe and i want there obviously you know there there has to be an infinite amount of them because right it would make sense if there wasn't um but the you know just like there's this all all like literally like the same same like stuff going on but like myself and this other one i might have like you know black hair or blonde hair sure or you know yeah i might have a peg leg i don't know <laughs> I love the idea of you with a peg leg. <laughs> so I could be a pirate, you know, who knows? But no, like every you know, every decision you make, if you if you take the theory seriously, every decision you make creates a new timeline, yeah. right? So there's a you know, there's a reality where everything is is exactly the same except you chose this house right. instead of this mm-hmm. house. Or you um you know, you bought this car instead of that car. Yeah, or I think that's kinda like you, the more common is like everything is the same except like couple minor choices. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But see those like you can imagine that those small choices splinter over time and create oh, yeah. Yeah, it's you gonna, know, a, a wider and wider mm-hmm. divide between realities, exactly. right? Because you're offered a new, a different set of choices based on your previous mm-hmm. choices. It's yeah, it's such a big concept. It is, and it's such a awesomely cool concept. Like I just yeah. like they're out of the things of this mysterious world and strange, you know, 
whatever existence that we live. The few things that I ultimately want to know are aliens and like alternate and like parallel dimensions and stuff like that. I think yeah. I just know those two things. I think I die a happy man. <laughs> That's not asking <laughs> exactly. <much>. Like I, <laughs> I just need to understand the nature of reality, and then exactly. I'm out of here. Like you know, tell me what is the meaning of life and why am I here? Yeah. And I'll be happy. Yeah, that's yeah. all. I'm, I don't ask no, for much. I, I, you know, like, I'm not hard to please. Yeah. It's true. That's It's pretty simple. <laughs> um, no, but I, when talking about this stuff, I always think, I think this is like the fourth episode in a row I've brought up Doctor Who. Yeah. But I, I always think of the, ep, there's an episode called Turn Left, where Donna, Pretty she, Donna. like, the, she can turn right or left, and the difference literally is the death or survival of the universe. Yeah, I mean... Like, it all comes down to which way she turns the car. See, I don't want that much, like, I don't want that much weight <laughs> on my shoulders. Like, <laughs> yeah, the thing is, you never right, know. I know, that's true, right? that's true. Yeah. There's the, the whole concept of like the butterfly effect with yeah. time travel. I mean, I, right? It's like every little decision and action can can cascade into these like huge. World I definitely events. agree that there's you know like for every action there's going to be like you know just that greater whatever reaction whatever you know that's that's going to happen regardless whether you're sure. time travel like other dimensions whatever. But I don't I don't know if I buy into the whole like butterfly effect that no i don't know i mean i maybe maybe to a degree but i think it's also like you know a little far-fetched to to some to, to some degree as well i think it's often exaggerated yeah. the concept maybe, maybe that's but maybe that's kind of what i'm trying to say i don't yeah i don't think every butterfly that you step on is going to end the right. world yeah exactly but, like i think the the fact the the idea is that there's a risk that even the tiniest change could see like you know if you make the exact right i don't change, necessarily believe that if i traveled through time as an old man and like went back to my younger self and like told them exactly what to do to get to where they need to be and like you know whatever i don't think that that's going to cause any negative consequences i mean but then you get into like <laughs> paradox territory <laughs> i'm joking because right? if if you receive the advice, then you never go to give the advice. But man, they see that's that's a whole other like <laughs> yeah. mind just yeah. oh yeah. We could literally talk about yeah. this for hours and just the possible like possibilities and like yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's I what mean, we're here to do today though. <laughs> I'm just for for the campers out there, I'm very soon gonna we're gonna have um, my editor at Paranor- Paranormality Magazine, we're going to have him on for a fireside chat, and I fully intend on talking to him for an hour about time travel. So, as he... Because he's super into it. I was going to say, has he traveled through time? No, but he's obsessed okay. with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, so that, That's awesome. That's, that's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah. And that concludes episode 65, The Man from Torrid. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, 
probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at Campfire T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown. unknown.